Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 48, with Bruce Coble. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I am really happy to have Pastor Bruce Coble with me today, and it's a special treat for me because we're sitting in his office rather than talking on Skype or on the telephone. Bruce is the missions pastor at Springhouse Worship and Art Center, where he's been for over 20 years now. Over the years, he's pastored in a number of capacities and also spent three years teaching in a Bible school in Zimbabwe. In his current role, he supports missionaries in the field and leads team who visit and serve those missionaries and their communities, showing God's love in practical ways. Okay, Bruce, I've given just a little introduction. Now, why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and the ministry. We'd like to get to know you personally. Well, as the missions pastor, I have the great privilege to be able to share Christ not only here at home, but in other countries, and also to encourage the saints and to build them up. Um, that they too might continually know that God loves them, hasn't forgotten them, and that we support them as they share the message of Christ. And so it's a pleasure. And equipping the folks back home to do the same thing. That's great. Now, we know just a little bit about you, but before we get into the sort of the meat and potatoes of this, would you mind sharing with us a scripture or maybe a quote that's really been foundational in your life and how you've lived that out? Um, I think that... um, there's so many that come to mind on that, Brian. <laughs> but um, the goodness of God uh, leads people to repentance out of Romans 2.4. And that's how I got saved, because I didn't need anything from God. But I knew that he was good, and that what's caused me to repent and to acknowledge him as God. Okay. And I know this wasn't in the notes that I sent you, but would you mind if we camp there for just a little bit and you share with us a little bit about how the goodness of God worked in your life in that time? Well, it was rather unique in that I was 26 years old and Jill and I had moved to Nashville from Detroit. We both um, found good jobs immediately and both received promotions. Within a few months, we bought a big house, double the size of what we both grew up in. Uh, I was driving a new car, and I was laying in bed late one Saturday night, and the thought came to me, um, if there is a God and I don't acknowledge him, I'm a fool. And I had gone to church some as a little boy in that, but not uh, regular at all. And But that thought came out of nowhere. I didn't realize uh, Psalms 14.1 said, in his heart the fool has said there is no God. 
And that's what started my journey. And my wife and I went to church. I didn't know that two weeks before that she had accepted Billy Graham or <laughs> accepted Christ watching Billy Graham on TV and was afraid to tell me. <laughs> a few months later, I gave my life to the Lord and we were both born again and radically changed. And that's why I say I needed nothing. We were healthy. We had money. But I wouldn't acknowledge God. And, but I did. And I still do. Wow, that's powerful. Now, we know as we get started, and this is one of the things I like to start with, we know that our lives aren't always happy and easy. It, it seems like there's what I like to call the Facebook effect or the, the, the front page effect where we l- look around and it seems like everybody else's lives are kind of the highlight reels of their lives. And we look at our own and we see all of our bloopers. And so one of the things I like to do is start with a bit of a challenge or something that's been a challenge for you so that you can share that with us. Not only does that help us connect with you, but it also might provide some insight for somebody who's facing something similar. So could you share with us a challenge or some kind of maybe even a failure that you faced and then how God worked in and through that? Well, there's so many. <laughs> As you look at my gray hair, I can tell. I am. Um, my wife and I had wanted children, and for five years we had no children. And then we got saved, and we still wanted children. And we sought the Lord, and in one month she was pregnant. And we had our son and named him Matthew, which means gift from God. Uh, I have found uh, raising children is a real challenge. And some of the failures on that is my son struggled with his relationship with God, and that was being able to deal, am I a failure as a father? Um, Or where does this come from? Or God's not fair if I've given my life to the Lord and and that. And to to see him um, come back to the Lord, and my daughter who came 10 years later served the Lord. But um, to deal off and on with the, as a father, and uh, feeling like a failure uh, as he um, stumbled along his way. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see God to be faithful, and to the point that I never thought he heard anything much that I said, and to hear him later on in life quote verses and say things he used that I taught him in his job, it just, I don't know why it surprised me. I expected that to happen. <laughs> but just to, to stay faithful to the Lord and to live for him and to continue to live in front of my children, grown children, yeah. It's been a real up and down experience for me. Yeah, it's interesting that you share that. I'm actually in the process of editing an interview that I did over Thanksgiving. And the, the gentleman that I was talking with was sharing some of the challenges with his children as well. And I, I don't know that there's any any believer father out there who doesn't maybe struggle with that a sure. little bit. So that's, that's common to all of us. Uh, now, with that, I would like to go ahead and move to the other end of the spectrum. Because just as we all have challenges, there are also those times when God reveals something to us, whether it's what we would think of as a shaft of light experience where God just kind of points it something, or maybe, you know, there are times I think also where God reveals stuff over time. Could you share with us one of those times when God revealed something to you and then what you did once God had shown that to you? Well, when I, before I went into the ministry, I worked at a large automobile dealership. And while I worked there, it's when I got saved. And I started to share with people the best I could Mm -hmm. because I didn't know much. Um, But I felt a call into the ministry and to help young people especially, and I was doing that as a volunteer. And then I saw some good friends of mine go in the ministry full-time, and I was kind of jealous of it. Um, But I said, Lord, uh, I'm just going to make the best of what I can out of the job that I have, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to work hard at making good money and 
using it for the kingdom of the Lord. But um, the Lord really impressed me that he just wanted me to please him. And I said, Lord, I'm going to forget all my plans of making more money for the kingdom and that. And I'm just going to serve you at this dealership. I may not be happy, but for the next 30 years, I'm going to do this to serve you. Mm-hmm. And that's what he impressed on my heart. Just trust me and serve me. Don't go by your own plans. Go by what the word says in, in my heart and spirit. And six months later, I was asked to go in the ministry, and I never expected it. I thought I'd be in the business world for the rest of my life. And that's when that shaft of life had hit me previously, was, Bruce, will you just trust me and not try to make things happen, but live for me and let me make things happen? And that was a huge thing for me. Yeah, I bet. With that, I would like to go ahead and move to the present day. Uh, and actually, we're moving along at a fairly good clip, so we may be able to hit all of the questions that I sent you. We'll see. Um, with the present day, I'd like to hear a little bit about what's going on currently with the, the ministry. I know that you you know, you know, help the church uh, in supporting some missionaries and providing encouragement and leading some trips. Is there something right now that's really encouraging, encouraging or inspiring you about what's going on? Oh, very much so. And it's the call of uh, young adults into the mission field. And being able to prepare them and equip them, that's what pastors and teachers are supposed to do, equip the saints for the work of the ministry or the work of serving in everyday life. And in the last year or so, we've had young people um, feel the call to the to the mission field right from our own church. Mm-hmm. And equipping them, teaching them, uh, just being able to tell them, Brian, that God will be faithful to you if you'll be faithful to him. If you will live the word, you can trust God. He's going to watch out for you. And to be able to see them believe that and trust it and then go out and experience it. As you yeah. know, Kurt, which you yeah. had such a big deal in, in his life and salvation. Yeah. And to see him serve for two years and then come back. So one of the things right now is equipping people, uh, not only taking them and exposing them to it, but also back home here, uh, sharing the scriptures and the faithfulness of God that they can be equipped to succeed out in the field as they uh, are ministers of reconciliation. Yeah, I, you know, I on a personal level, I'm so thankful for the years of faithfulness that I've seen over in your life and the years of sowing into this because I know that, you know, this being my church, I know that this wasn't something that happened in 20 or 30 minutes. Exactly. And for me to look out and to be honest, I've probably just about lost track of the number of people that we've sent out on something over the last few years, several of whom have now been guests on the show, which I'm thankful for personally, but I'm also just in awe of what God has done in the last few years. So, um, I guess if there's somebody out there listening, who's going, man, I don't know what God's doing in the next generation. I don't know what to do with these young people. Perhaps there's something from what Pastor Bruce has shared about pouring into their lives, living life with them, because if we are equipped to make disciples here, we're equipped to make disciples anywhere. We may not know the language or the culture, and yeah, we need to learn that stuff. We need to be sensitive to where we are, but it's, it's that... It's that infusion of the life of Christ. Yes, yes exactly. I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox. This isn't about me. This is Don't about it. Pastor it's great. Bruce. It's great. Well, actually, this is about God, but we're talking about <laughs> his story. Um, I'm just so encouraged. You know, I, I think about the people who listen to the show, and most of whom are not called to vocational ministry. Uh, most of the people who listen are called into the marketplace 
And what, I've, what I hear is that some, some people from time to time struggle with that call into the marketplace and wondering about, you know, does what I do really matter for the kingdom? So what would you share with somebody if they brought that question to you? Oh, it matters greatly to the kingdom because the vast majority of people, as you stated, will be in the marketplace and we need them so much. I remember when I was in the marketplace, or as some people said, when I had a real job, <laughs> um, that um, people didn't expect me to share the Lord. People didn't expect me to give them the fruits of the Spirit. So as I did it, it made an impact. Yeah. Whereas as a pastor, people expect me to share. The, people expect me to be nice and to be patient and to be kind. Um, but you in the marketplace are so important. So right now, when you let your light so shine before men and they see your good works, they glorify your Father in heaven, Matthew five sixteen. So in the marketplace where God has placed you is so important in those people around you who need to know that God cares and loves them deeply. And then on top of that, um, what you can do with that, not only sharing that, but in the marketplace, the, you can do the kingdom work with the finances also. But it's just not sending a check to a missionary. I would encourage everyone that can to try to get to know the missionaries. If you can go on a short-term mission trip, go and see what's happening. Become a friend. Become a close friend if you can, just by loving them being kind to them. Missionaries that come into town, take them to dinner and just say, tell me your story and read their heart, read their faces, learn about their children. And as you have a heart then, when you send that check and the money, which every missionary I know needs finances, every single one, Brian, mm-hmm. from one year on the field to 25 or 30 years on the field, the finances, because their visions are all so big, many times the only thing hindering them is finances. But it's so easy to give when a missionary is your friend yeah. and you know them, buddy. So that's something you can do, not only ministering where you're at, but money is a great thing to be able to bless and encourage people. Yeah, that, that's powerful. And I'm glad that you shared that. So many of the missionaries I've talked to have said something along those lines, that the one time that you get a postcard in the mail instead of an email, the one time when somebody calls you up or literally sends you an email that is the prayer, not just, hey, bud, I'm yes. praying for you, mm-hmm. that sometimes that's that cup of cold water that Christ talks Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And... Yeah, you, you, you got right into the next question, which is amazing. That was the, the part about, so if somebody is supporting and, and caring for a missionary, is there a way that they can level up their game? What's one more thing they can do? And it sounds like that's just really build that relationship. Oh, absolutely. And if you can take the total picture in of what God is doing, in other words, he's trying to redeem all of mankind, and that he's allowing you to be part of that wherever you're at in the world. Um, but being at home here. But what about the thought, Brian, that God can use you to be an answered prayer? Mm-hmm. Because an answer to prayer is supernatural. It's something that's gotten, been done by the divine. So by your love of the missionaries or the funds that you send, you are an answer to prayer. You're part of God's divine plan, not only for the missionaries, but the people that they're training and also the people that they're ministering to. It's exciting to me to think that I can actually be part of an answered prayer that God is sending to somebody and and hearing and responding to I I like the supernatural and all the and that's part of it an answered prayer think of it 
from a person to God, God to a person to that person. Well, I'll get off my... (laughs) I'm actually going to probe a little bit deeper if I can, because I know that you've been God's answer to somebody's prayer. And I'm not asking you so much to brag on yourself, but would you share one of those times when you were that answer to prayer and, and the impact that that had on your life and the life of the person you were ministering to? Oh, Sure. And if I could start with one, when my wife and I went to Zimbabwe and my wife was pregnant and we went to teach in a Bible school and the finances were tight, I'd never been on the mission field and um, we went because we were asked to go, but I didn't get to go and visit and scout the place out. We just went Mm -hmm. and they were waiting for us and we started. Um, But um, about five months later, my daughter was born. And we were praying because we had we didn't have a baby seat, a car seat for the baby, and you couldn't fi- buy one there. And within a few days, a box showed up at her house, <laughs> and there was a baby car seat in it, and it was sent from a lady that we had never met, and from a church that knew us, but the, we had never met the lady, and we didn't let anybody know about it, and it showed up as a car seat. And it meant more to us than if it had been a $5,000 check because I couldn't get one there. And so to be able to, I'd been on the receiving end of it yeah, so many times. And, and then to be able to minister to some other folks, we've, we've, we sent um, a few hundred dollars to a missionary. We knew their daughter had just gone to ORU and the missionary said it was going to be a miracle if she could stay and it, it was just the right amount for their school books for that semester um, and I'd rather just leave it right there but yeah. it, it, I, I don't believe a penny we send is just sent um, with no purpose that God hasn't had behind it and um, not only do we send it to missionary we send it to heaven and we lay up treasure <laughs> in heaven at the same time to be able to give eventually that treasure to our Lord. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm investing to be able to be able to give to the Lord. Wow. You know, um, one of the things I don't often do uh, is try to encourage people to take a specific action. I'm really sensitive because I don't want to try and take the place of the Holy Spirit. But my encouragement to you who are listening is that if God is moving on your heart to give a gift or to send a letter or to do something, you know, Again, don't listen to my voice. Listen to the Holy Spirit's voice. If he's leading you to do something, if you look at scripture and it almost literally screams off the page that you should do something, my encouragement would be to do that. Not so much because because of what it'll mean to you, but because of what it'll mean to, to the kingdom. Amen. As God moves in your life, imagine his pleasure in, in your obedience. With that, Bruce, I would like to transition to the speed round. Now, this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and we get some amazing answers. Does that sound like a good idea? Amen. <laughs> so what's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? There were so many. <laughs> and, I, and I knew it, but to really know it deeply, the gospel works wherever you're at, whatever country you are in, with whatever person that you're around. The gospel works, whether it's the Maasai in Kenya or the Indians up the uh, uh, Amazon in Peru. I've seen it work everywhere. The gospel works. And I wish I would have known that so more deeply uh, for anyway, in practicality. Yeah. 
Looking back over the years, is there something you wish you would have done differently? Absolutely. I wish I would have borne more of fruit of the Spirit. I wish I'd been more patient, kinder, long-suffering. Definitely. Yeah. What's the best advice you ever received? God is faithful. I can trust him on everything. Yeah. The best. Do you have a, a personal habit, something that you do regularly that you believe contributes to what God's done in your life? Oh, the daily devotionals. I'm a real fan of Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest. And the daily devotional, and he just happens to seem to pierce my heart every time I read that. And it makes me look at Jesus every single day and my relationship to Jesus which seems to clarify my focus and my vision. And that's been a tremendous help for me. Yeah. Do you have an internet resource, something that you use and could share with our listeners? Well, the internet resource, there's so many out there. I, and some things like Bible Hub that okay. I go to for references and commentary things and looking to try to get a better understanding of a scripture or things like that. Um, I probably um, use that. And I also enjoy... Um, some of the sermons by the, some of the older pastors off the Moody website okay. and some of the old timers uh, really use the word. And I listen to those to be encouraged. Yeah. And do you have a book that you'd recommend for our listeners? Oh, yes. Um, besides My Atmosphere is Highest. But and you've heard us refer to this a number of times. Mm -hmm. um, the Jesus Style by Gail Irwin, which shows the character of Jesus, how he didn't intimidate anybody, how he was humble. And uh, I've used that book for many, many, many years, but it's the Jesus style by Gail Irwin, and it's about 30 different languages now. Oh, wow. That's great. And for those listening, those will all be in the linked up in the show notes, uh, the Moody Radio, as well as the other stuff. And that will be at engagingmissions.com slash Bruce Coble. So if you know Pastor Bruce Coble, this one should be easy to remember. <laughs> uh, now, Pastor Bruce, we would like to go back and focus a little bit deeper for a couple more questions. This is another opportunity for us to learn from your perspective in ministry. What would you tell somebody who's living in, in the U.S. or in North America, and one day they look up and they start realizing that they're surrounded by people from all other cultures, people who five years ago we made, might have thought the only person who interacts with someone from here is a missionary. What would you tell them? First of all, take a deep interest in their life. Uh, pray first <laughs> so your heart is prepared. But uh, ask people, tell me about your culture. I want to know. I want to understand better. I have found that to really be a great way to open a door because people love to talk about their culture. Uh, don't assume you know it, even though you've read a lot. Mm -hmm. You could read, but ask people, and uh, that starts to be a doorway. Okay. And, and this one's the, the last of this section. And it might be a little bit tricky, but imagine you woke up tomorrow morning. You're in a different country. You don't really know anybody yet, and it's your first day of ministry. And you, as far as resources, all you have is a small computer and $500 U.S. What do you do for the next seven days? On well, the next seven days, I look for some local churches that are really open, sharing the Bible and sharing the scriptures, go talk to the pastors. Say, what's going on in the ministry? This is a call that's on my heart. This is a ministry how I'd like to share Jesus Christ here. 
Um, is there anybody already doing this? I'd like to know that. If there are some people doing what's already called on here, find them, talk to them, gain their experience. You might be that one part that they need for their ministry because we don't always need to reinvent the wheel where we're at in another country. Yeah. And we don't want to duplicate things because there's so many other needs in ministries. You might also find out that there's been a call in your heart for something that there's really a need for there and the local leaders. But you need to be able to discern people's hearts in that. Um, but that's the first thing that I would do. Find some churches that have a good reputation, good local pastors, if it, at all possible, and start there. Okay. And we do have a couple minutes, so I'd like to ask one follow-up to that. As you're looking for these churches, how do you identify those churches? What, what, what are the specific things you look for? Because I know you go on trips where you, where you take a look at a ministry before you start bringing people with you. So what, what are the things you look for? I look for leaders that preach the word and preach it sincerely and not for personal gain. I look for people who have a good reputation in the community. Not perfect, because nobody will have a perfect reputation, but somebody that's known for their integrity, that they handle finances well, that they actually love their sheep, that they're involved with their congregation and not distant from them, um, that they not only preach the the gospel, but are, are they have an outreach themselves to the poor because there's poor everywhere. And I'm always interested, how do they handle widows and orphans? So I look, do they have a character that they care about the older people? It's, widows and orphans usually have it very difficult in other countries, not support groups. So that's some of the things I look for. Okay. And with that, I'd like to get just maybe one last piece of advice. And then if there's a way for people to connect with you, I'd like to share that as well. And then we'll, we'll end this one. Oh, my final piece of advice, be faithful to Christ. Live it day in and day out. Read your Bible so you know what the Lord's character is and what he looks for us. He has expectations of us. Um, and, it's, and it's very good. It's, it's wonderful, but it helps us in everything. So be faithful. You don't have to be gifted. Be faithful. God can drop a gift in a person's life just in one second. But finding a faithful person is an awesome thing. And I can be found at Bruce Missions with an S at Yahoo.com. Okay. And again, for those listening, we will be linking all of that up in the show notes. So if you're working out or on your way to work or something like that, don't worry about trying to text yourself. We'll just, just go visit the show notes again at engagingmissions.com slash Bruce Coble. Now, Pastor Bruce, thank you so much for this time. I really can't tell you how much I appreciate this. It's my pleasure. It's been great to watch Christ in YouTube, Brian. Thanks. That's all the time that we had with Pastor Bruce Coble. I'm really thankful that I was able to get together with him. I hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did. As I mentioned during the recording, you can find all of the resources that he mentioned linked up in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Bruce Coble or slash 48 is in episode number 48. That's also the place that if you'd like to leave a comment on the show notes page that you can go. There are other ways to leave feedback, of course. If you'd like to send an email to me, you can send that to feedback at engagingmissions.com. Or if you'd like to leave a rating and review in iTunes, you can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. There you'll find a link that takes you directly to the show in iTunes and then 
also, I have a, a short video, about two and a half minutes, that shows you everything that you need to know to be able to subscribe in iTunes and then also leave that rating and review. Finally, I did want to mention that I, I've let some of you know that I was running a 5K here in Nashville. It was uh, a few days ago, and that was the Hot Chocolate 5K. I was hoping to use that as a fundraiser for a missionary, and frankly, not everything worked out exactly as I had hoped. Had some challenges with health and with uh, training schedule and a whole bunch of other stuff, but I did want to let you know that I'm looking for the next 5K that I'm going to run. I had one that I was planning to run, but it looks like that one may have been canceled, so I'm not exactly sure, but when I know more, I'll let you know because I do want to get you involved. I'd like to I'd like to be able to share this with you. This is a personal goal that I have to work on my health, to keep running and doing things like that, and also to use those kinds of things to raise visibility for missionaries and to raise funds for missionaries. Finally, if this is your first time here, or you know, even if you've been subscribed for a really long time, I'm really thankful that you're here. It means a lot to know that you stopped by and took the time to listen to Pastor Bruce share his story and to hear what God's been doing in the world. I hope that you've been encouraged and inspired and perhaps even challenged. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.